Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. An occasional series of readings brought to you by the TLS. I'm Alan Jenkins, and this week we publish an essay by David Collard celebrating the New Review. A magazine that made its first appearance in April 1974 ran for 50 issues and was, depending on your point of view, either the best literary periodical of the past 50 years or an elitist folly lavishly bankrolled by the taxpayer. The New Review was edited by Ian Hamilton, who was already a legend for his severe critical standards, sardonic put-downs and remarkable nose for talent. In the 1960s, a decade that was famously soft on crap, he had been poetry editor at the TLS and also editor of The Review, the most influential poetry magazine of its time. But Hamilton was, before anything else, a poet. His poems are all brief, and reading them we seem to eavesdrop on intense private moments in the poet's experience. These often have to do with his father's death and his first wife's illness. While the subjects do not offer much cheer, the very delicacy and tact with which Hamilton handles them becomes a way, the only way, in which things can be put right. The poems I'd like to read here are from The Collected Poems of Ian Hamilton, published by Faber in paperback last year. The Storm Miles off, a storm breaks. It ripples to our room. You look up into the light so it catches one side of your face, your tight mouth, your startled eye. You turn to me, and when I call, you come over and kneel beside me, wanting me to take your head between my hands as if it were a delicate bowl that the storm might break. You want me to get between you and the brute thunder. Settling on your flesh, my great hands stir, pulse on you, and then, wondering how to do it, grip. A storm rolls through me as your mouth opens. Pretending not to sleep. The waiting rooms are full of characters pretending not to sleep. Your eyes are open, but you're far away, at home, am rein, with mother and the cats. Your hair grazes my wrist. My cold hand surprises you. The porters yawn against the slot machines and watch contentedly. They know I've lost. The last train is simmering outside, and overhead, 
steam flowers in station rafters. Soft flecks of soot begin to settle on your suddenly outstretched palms. Your mouth is dry, excited, going home. The velvet curtains, father dead, the road up to the village, your hands tightening in the thick fur of your mother's Persian, your dreams moving through Belgium now, full of your trip. Midwinter. Entranced, you turn again, and over there it is white also. Rectangular white lawns for miles, white walls between them. Snow. You close your eyes, the terrible changes. White movements in one corner of your room. Between your hands, the flowers of your quilt are stormed. Dark shadows smudge their faded, impossible colours, but won't settle. You can hear the ice take hold. Along the street, the yellowed drifts, cleansed by a minute's fall, wait to be fouled again. Your final breath is in the air, pure white and moving fast. Admission. The chapped lips of the uniformed night porter mumble horribly against the misted glass of our black ambulance. Our plight inspires a single, soldierly, contemptuous stare, and then he waves us on to Blighty. The visit. They've let me walk with you as far as this high wall. The placid smiles of our new friends, the old incurables, pursue us lovingly. Their boyish, sun-tanned heads, their ancient arms outstretched, belong to you. Although your head still burns, your hands remember me. Now and then, the white walls of the institution overlook a strip of thriving meadowland. On clear days, we can walk there and look back upon your second home from the green shelter of this wild, top-heavy tree. It all seems so long ago. This afternoon, a gentle sun smiles on the tidy avenues, the lawns, the miniature allotments, on the barred windows of the brand-new chronic block, our pride and joy. At the main gate, pale visitors are hurrying from cars. It all seems so far away. This afternoon, the smoke from our abandoned cigarettes climbs in a single column to the sky. A gentle sun smiles on the dark, afflicted heads of young men who have come to nothing. Critique. In Cornwall, from the shelter of your bungalow, you found the sea compassionate and then monotonous, though never, in all fairness, inconnu. There was no hiding it. Your poems wouldn't do. We sat on for another hour or two, old literary pals, you chewing on your J&B and me with your dud manuscripts face downward on my knee. It's been a long time, you said. I'll race you to the sea. Rose. In the delicately shrouded heart of this white rose, a patient eye, the eye of love, knows who I am and where I've been tonight and what I wish I'd done. I have been watching this white rose for hours, imagining each tremor of each petal to be like a breath that silences and soothes. Look at it, I'd say to you if you were here. 
It is a sign of what is brief and lonely and in love. But you have gone, and so I'll call it wise. A patient breath, an eye, a rose that opens up too easily and dies. Returning. It isn't far. Come with me. There's a path we used to take. There is a stream, a thin ripple, really, of white stones, dislodged from a dilapidated boundary between two now-forgotten fields. There is a tree, a muddily abandoned sprawl off balance, the one tall thing you could see from where I walked with her. What it all looks like now, I wouldn't know, but come with me. It was an early dusk on that day, too, and just as sickeningly cold, and when I called to her, it isn't far, she said, you go. Somewhere ahead of us, I thought I could foresee a new silence, a new path, a clean sweep of solitude downhill. Dear friend, I wish you could have seen this place when it was at its best, when I was. But it isn't far. It isn't far. Come with me. The garden. This garden's leaning in on us, green-shadowed, shadowed green, as if to say, be still, don't agitate for what's been overgrown. Some cobbled little serpent of a path, perhaps. An arbor, a dry pond that you'd have plans for if this place belonged to you. The vegetation's rank, I'll grant you that. The weeds well out of order, shoulder high and too complacently deranged. The trees ought not to scrape your face, your hands, your hair nor so haphazardly swarm upwards to impede the sunlit air you say you need to breathe in summertime. It shouldn't be so dark so early. All the same, if I were you, I'd let it be. Lay down your scythe. Don't fidget for old clearances or new. For one more day, let's listen to our shadows and be glad that this much light has managed to get through. Again, that dream again, you stop me at the door and take my arm, but grievingly. Behind you in the parlour, I can see the bow of a deep sofa blanketed in grey, and next to it, as if at harbourside, a darker grey, rough-sculpted group of three. Three profiles sombrely inclined, long overcoats unbuttoned, hats in hand. Night mariners with eyes of stone and yet the eyes seem stricken. Is it that they too can hardly bear what's happened? What has happened? Who? Read about Ian Hamilton and the new review in this week's TLS, which also contains essays on Hemingway's letters, the hundred works of art that define our age, the blazing world of Siri Hustvert, and much, much more. The TLS is the leading international forum for literary culture. To find out more and to read a free selection of pieces from this week's issue, go to our website, the-tls.co.uk. The TLS is available in full every week in print or via our app on iTunes and the Amazon App Store. The TLS, life in every word. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.